Hello and welcome to Voice of the Soul, a podcast today with the title called Empowered Love. The podcasts are all entitled Empowered Living with the thought that the topic itself is bringing information and hope and tools and communication that deals with ways to empower your life in every area. Last week we did mastering relationships with the intention of leaving personal relationships until now because we're so close to Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day has a tendency to stir up a lot of emotion for a lot of people. If you're in a relationship, it can be really romantic and sweet and wonderful. Or it can be rocky and difficult if the relationship isn't perfectly healthy. And if you're not in a relationship, you can feel lonely and wonder if you should be in one. Very, very often people realize some kind of emptiness this time of the year which is why I wanted to be able to entitle this particular podcast, Empowered Love. It has a lot of dimension, so it isn't really about how do I find my perfect soulmate, although we'll talk about what is a soulmate, is there such a thing, should I have one, have I had one, etc. Empowered love to me is being able to empower yourself with love, with or without another person. And with Valentine's Day right around the corner, this is a really, really important topic. I'm going to ask you to share a few things before I move on. So we're going to take a little break from the topic. And sharing a few things is to ask you to share your feelings about the podcast with friends, with family, with people that you know are in need sending it off through your social media and hopefully setting yourself up as a follower. We're having a little bit of difficulty getting the podcast completely set up so that we can tell who's following and um, getting comments and relating, relaying comments back. We intend to get that finished in the next couple of weeks, but we have a bunch of other projects we're doing simultaneously. So I'm hoping to get at least one recorded podcast and recorded meditation out to you weekly. And that's the goal. And I really appreciate those of you who have commented and those of you who are following. The difficulty with us right now is that we don't know how to actually send you or alert you to the fact that there is a new podcast up. If you follow it on the pod being cast by downloading their app and they won't send you anything except the alerts that voice of a soul is sending you a podcast link and then you'll get the latest recordings. And my hope is you can be moved by them and they'll help give you the tools to help you with life and you can share them with other people who can then pass them around to help others. That's the goal. We have lots and lots of other intricate goals that are tied to it. Everything from a website that is going to be developed, which is going to be called um, voiceofthesoul.world. That was super exciting. We're going to be doing that. We're also going to be setting up different seminars coming up in the spring 
that will be live in Minnesota and we'll be sending out wire that where they are, um, when they're going to be, what the topics are going to be. So if you're interested, you can definitely reach us on our email, which is counselor at AOL.com, which will be changing soon. And we'll let you know what that is. And counselor is spelled C-O-U-N-S-O-U-L-E-R at AOL.com with an emphasis on the word soul as pretty much everything that we're working on will have the word soul in it almost. Uh, we're working right now on completing the soul of an addict manuscript, which I'm very, very excited about. Chris, my husband is editing it right now and I'm finishing some copy change that's kind of complicated, but our goal is to have it actually on the podcast for about two months where people will be able to listen to me narrate it and then forward it off to everybody that you know, especially those who are struggling with addiction or have somebody who has addiction in their life. Uh, but it really has some great life lessons in it, even if you're not working in an addiction level. And then after that, it'll actually be available, hopefully through Amazon, which is what we're going to be working towards. So there's lots of projects happening. So if you follow us, that helps us connect you with what's going on. And if you're getting email from us through Key to Life Center or from my personal counselor email, those will eventually stop. And our goal is to just work directly through the podcast or the website. And hopefully with my daughter's help, putting up a Facebook page for Voice of the Soul. So those are the things that are going on. I just want to let you know as you enter into the podcast tonight that we are continuing to move forward on topics and subjects that are really important with some interactive goals for the very near future. So this particular topic, I think, is one of the most important topics that we can understand as a person in order to find balance in our life. I am not going to ever share anything that I haven't either gone through, experienced, or overcome in some way. Relationships for me are a work in progress always, whether they're personal relationships, romantic relationships, family relationships, are always a work in progress. Children, the goal, of course, is to be able to disengage from the negativity that can be created in relationships and bring out the best in each other and allowing each other to grow together as souls. Last week's podcast in Mastering Relationships is a very important precursor to this one because it talks a lot about how we get power in relationships, about power struggles, about control dramas, which I don't want to repeat in this particular podcast. So it would be my advice to go back and reread or, or reread, listen to the podcast and get some of the information on the control dramas. Cause those are, I'm going to reference those actually in this podcast because control dramas in love relationships are incredibly dangerous because it is an energy draining, energy sucking, negative way to engage and nothing will destroy the relationship faster than control dramas and the struggle for power and poor me's and victims fight for power just as much as aggressive intimidators fight for power. 
because of the way we were brought up and what might be deficient in our life in the way we were brought up and the experiences we had as a kid all the way up to our adulthood, we still will find ourselves struggling with our mates, uh, trying to get their attention, their energy by uh, acting a certain way. And that creates a negative connection and negative energy that doesn't do anything but create more challenges in the relationship itself. With that said, I am no master of personal relationships where I can say, oh yeah, I've totally got it down. I'm on a journey and I've been on a journey for a long time. I was married once before and my daughter is from my first husband, even though she was really fortunate to have two father figures because my current husband, who is her stepfather, has played a very strong role in her life, a parental role, and he has been amazing with her. And he is the most amazing father on the planet when it comes to our son, who is severely handicapped, um, Taylor, who is an angel. I believe Taylor has this remarkable and amazing energy that has kept us together. Most couples don't really survive very well when they have a severely handicapped child. And it's usually the husband that leaves. He's usually the one that bails out because it's just too mentally overwhelming. And most moms will stay. I can honestly say that Chris has never once made any step towards leaving Taylor. It's uh, His devotion to him is indescribable and Taylor's love for both of us even though he's completely nonverbal has been a magnet that has forced us to heal in times when our relationship could have completely collapsed I won't say our relationship has been easy because it hasn't and um, we've been separated twice and in being perfectly honest there will be lots of times I will share our personal story so that you know that I'm not just here um, talking the talk, the things that I'm going to share with you are, are tools that I've used, I think, to try to bring myself back into a relationship with Chris when everything inside of me was shattered and thought, this is it, I can't do this. And on two different occasions, being in a place where I've actually needed to be separated from him and him from me so we could figure out what we're doing. Fortunately, I believe we are in a positive place. We've been married for 22 years. We've been together for 26. Taylor's 25. And so or he'll be 25 in June, which is a miracle. He wasn't supposed to live. So the fact he's still with us is a miracle. I believe it's because he had so many lives to touch and he did so many different things that um, I can't explain energetically that kept us together even when it was incredibly difficult to stay married. Uh, being married is not this magical fairy tale that everybody who's not married thinks it is. And it can be a wonderful companionship and a wonderful experience to grow spiritually together. And it can be devastating. So it just depends on how you nurture the relationship or if you let it fall into a complacent place or if addiction ends up getting intertwined in any of it, it's threatened. 
So the sharing that I'm going to do with you tonight is multifaceted. It's going to deal with relationships as a whole, but what really matters for you as an individual in order to find love or to experience love or to heal love that is broken or to just realize that not everybody needs to have someone in their life to be whole. I think culturally and through beliefs that come back from God knows how far back, definitely the 50s, uh, you are not a whole human being unless you were married and were having children. And for 20, at least 20 years of counseling, I've come to the understanding that some of the most stable and spiritually deep people who can help make a difference in the world are single. Now they feel sometimes as if they're missing out because they don't have a, a relationship. But some of these people are so amazingly brilliant in what they have to share that I believe the universe itself has said, it's not time for you to have a relationship because we need your focus over here in this area and not on a mate. Uh, there's a quote, I use quotes during podcasts. Actually, I use them anytime I speak because they do create an emphasis that I think is incredibly important to store a memory of even one quote that will recall the lessons of the podcast can be really helpful. This is by Stephen Covey, and it's pretty simple, but it's very powerful. Our greatest joy and our greatest pain comes in our relationships with others. That can be anybody. It can be relationships with our kids, with our siblings, with our parents. But honestly, there is no greater joy and love in a personal relationship than when you find somebody that you feel connected to spiritually and deep in your soul. But what comes with that, if it cracks or it breaks or the foundation crumbles, is some of the greatest pain you can ever know. And I've lived on both sides of that known the absolute greatest spiritual love a human can comprehend to see that crumble before my very eyes and wonder how I will survive the pain of the death of a relationship. And I can't explain that in detail tonight. I will just say that I know what it feels like to be on both ends of the spectrum and have the pendulum swing both ways. And it's not something that I say or share lightly because I know that people are out there falling madly in love and thinking this is the person of my dreams. I've been there. I've done that. Um, to only find out that, wow, who is this person? Do I even know them? And they're super scary because they're living in their addict instead of their divine self. And before you know it, you're stuck, you're trapped and you're broken. And the goal is to find out how to stay empowered so that you're empowered to love to love yourself, to love everyone that you want to love, and especially to love in a relationship because a relationship is so crucial. Most people end up in personal relationships um, because there's some kind of incredibly romantic fireworks that go off. And when those fireworks die down, then the work begins. Then true love starts to happen. As Scott Peck, who wrote The Road Less Travel, will say, all of the first form of attraction to a person is chemical. 
it's just a it's a chemical connection that happens within us where love is almost like the chemical of love where there's this absolute amazing experience it's almost euphoric we bring our best self to the relationship the other person brings them best their best selves everybody just thinks whatever the other person says is just so awesome um, the physical connection is fireworks. It can be numerous things that just seem explosively wonderful, but little by little, that form of adrenaline love, which is an addicting kind of love starts to fade out. And if we don't build a foundation on a spiritual understanding of who we can be together and nurture that part, then the death of the relationship is imminent. We can have children, um, we can build a house, we can do a bunch of things together, but the connection itself needs to be nurtured into something beyond the fireworks of romantic love. That's just the first step. And that doesn't keep you together. The real work happens when that goes away, when the butterflies kind of drift away that might show up once in a while in the relationship, but not all the time. Like when you first meet somebody you're falling in love with. But they kind of, you know, they, they become calmer. Um, the love becomes deeper, um, not as fire, not like the fireworks love, but the deeper heart soul love, but it needs to be nurtured and not taken advantage of or become complacent. But that is really where the work begins. If you're together on a long-term basis, especially if you're going to get married or you are married or you're going to be committed to each other then you start to see the reality of who the other person is and all the magic seems to be a little bit foggy and you have to go to a place where you're truly connecting with that person on a deeper level and you're honest with the growth that you need with that person and you're respecting and honoring their needs and vice versa. This quote specifically deals with codependency and addicts because a lot of times they'll say, well, when someone's in the relationship with an addict, then they're codependent. That is not always the case. Sometimes the relationship itself is very karmic. And by that, I mean, it was meant to be, it was drawn together. There are lessons that you need to learn together and it may not last. It's just something that was pulled together because your souls each needed to learn something through each other. And those karmic relationships, can last forever or they can last for a period of time but they're more difficult to get over if they fail because they're connected on a deeper level there's a soul lesson attached and oftentimes when you're in a relationship with an addict there are greater lessons to learn and there's something i want to be able to share hopefully uh, this week before valentine's day actually happens and it's an article i wrote for a wonderful recovery periodical uh, called the phoenix and it's about valentine's day being the birth of codependency and i was just at my beautiful little granddaughter's birthday party at school um she turned six this year and uh, looking around the room on the table there were many little bags of they were decorated that were meant for the kids to put the Valentines in for each other. The beautiful thing about now is they keep track of making sure that everybody gets something. In the olden days, back when I was in grade school, they didn't really check that out. 
you know, you had a shoebox, you put your Valentine's in if you wanted to or you didn't want to. And oftentimes the kids who were less popular or were shy or whatever the case is had very few Valentines. And then if you had a crush on somebody going way back into elementary school, what kind of a Valentine did they get or did they give you and did they give the same one to someone else? And the competition for love, which is just really child love and puppy love, starts right away at five, six years old. Am I getting a Valentine's Day from my from my little boyfriend or my little girlfriend? Am I getting a Valentine's card? And um, did so-and-so get one and I didn't get one? And the rejection can happen that soon in your first crush. And Valentine's Day has this certain pressure for little kids, which hopefully that is not the case with most of the people nowadays who recognize that you have to take care of your child's feelings and let them understand, you know, how to share caring for somebody without feeling rejected if something as simple as a Valentine's card is not what they expect. But there's an article that I wrote dealing specifically with codependency and the need to be accepted and to be loved starting at a really young age. And then we get into interpersonal relationships. There's there's an addictive attachment to not being alone, not being left out, not being the one who who went without the really fancy Valentines that had suckers and, and chocolate on them because you were the popular one. There's a part where you finally face yourself and say, wow, I really need somebody in my life. I need somebody to where it's an agonizing empty hole in the soul. And you need it so bad that you don't feel whole no matter what you do. And in the worst case scenarios, which happens so much that I see it in counseling all the time, is people staying in unhealthy relationships because they don't want to be alone. So they'd rather be in abusive, difficult relationships than to step out and be alone. This is a quote by Terry Kellogg. Codependency is not about a relationship with an addict. It is the absence of a relationship with the self. I believe codependency can be a relationship with an addict, but I love the line that it says that codependency is the absence of a relationship with the self. When we get so obsessed with a particular person their needs, their wants, their addictions, or just our attraction to them and our desire for them becomes so big that we start to lose sight of us. And everything that we're looking at is about them. So the relationship with ourselves starts to dwindle. And it dwindles so much that we're thinking about what their needs are and what we want from them more than we are learning about what our needs are and what we need to do for ourselves to be whole. Empowered love is about being whole without a relationship. Empowered love is being able to be in a relationship that is positive and meaningful and still at the same time maintain your independence, your strength, and your focus. Empowered love is equality in a relationship. Empowered love is having the power to walk away. Empowered love is having the power to stay. 
And sometimes knowing whether you should go or whether you should stay is one of the most difficult things you'll face. And the only way you'll know is very simply the same thing I've brought up before is if you use the concept of the serenity prayer and allow yourself to let go and surrender things that are broken, relationships especially, to have the serenity to accept the things you can't change, the courage to change the things you can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Letting somebody stay in your life and surrendering should never be out of weakness. You don't let go and say, well, I'm just going to love them as they are because, you know, I just, they're just damaged and I know that I can try to help them and they've had such a hard life that I just really want to be there for them. Uh, What about you? What about you in all of that? I've had to ask myself that. I was the person that my mom said would always bring home the stray cats, which meant that I always brought home broken people. And I brought broken people home because I could escape in trying to fix them, not just because I love to fix people. And I still am in a place where I think I try to use tools to help people fix themselves. But the point is, is oftentimes we get so enraptured in a relationship on multiple levels that we forget about ourselves. And when we do that, it's a really dark emptiness that happens that cannot be filled by the person that we're hanging on to. And then we have to have the courage to get out because the energy that that person is taking from us, the life that it is destroying before our very eyes is so bad that we don't even recognize that it's not only hurting us, it's hurting those that we love our children, our family, our parents, our friends. Nothing's more complicated or difficult than loving somebody who is in a really destructive relationship. And you can see it clearly, but they can't. Or they don't want to, or they defend it. And really, you can't really change it. You can just offer some suggestions in helping them try to find their own voice and their own empowered love so that they can find the wisdom to know what to do, the wisdom, the divine tools, the connection with the other side and those that watch over us, to have the strength to either stay and work through a broken relationship and see if it can heal or to get the hell out because those are two very different things, but the line can be very blurred and getting help is crucial at that point. There are a lot of people out there who are wonderful at doing counseling in relationships. And sometimes you absolutely need to seek someone to be a mediator. And if your partner isn't willing to do that and the relationship is destructive, then you just have to make a decision to take a break and see if it can heal or to get out. When we're struggling with someone It's an ego conflict. Our ego and their ego are doing battle. And our divine selves are on the outside of that battle and we feel deaf. Like we can't hear any kind of divine wisdom on what to do about the relationship because the egos are attached and they're absolutely duking it out. And that destruction renders us absolutely deaf to the reality of what we need to do. This quote is by Christine. 
I can't pronounce the last name, so I'm not going to try. Ego-based relationships create chaos and pain, and they only give temporary satisfaction. Love and soul-based relationships are built on an everlasting and pure connection to the creator. Soul relationships last a lifetime. It's very important to know that when we are attached to somebody from ego, and that's a power struggle or a being in there out of need or a bunch of other human elements, the longevity of that relationship is truly in question. And the rocky road is going to go on forever. And so we have to find a way to see if there's even the potential for spiritual love in that relationship. And if there's not, there's no point in being in it because all it's going to be is one earthbound ride of power conflict. And there's nothing to be gained by that. Even if the passion physically seems amazing, that will die in time as well. So finding how you can create the best in each other has to do with nurturing who you are first. Empowered love is you empowering yourself with love that fills you up. So you're in a place of attracting a relationship out of balanced fulfillment and not out of need. This is a quote by someone named Sanya Roman. The degree to which you love yourself will determine your ability to love the other person. Who will be reflecting back to you many of your own personality traits and qualities? Sometimes you can look at yourself in the middle of a, of a war with someone and see the truth that you're playing half of the game or you're creating half of the war. And what that person's reflecting back to you is not your highest self. Uh, we have our conflicts still, even though we both have, uh, Chris and I, my husband and I, uh, we both have individual counselors and both of those counselors work with each one of us as a couple and they're both trauma counselors and they're brilliant. And so we've had to reach pretty deep because our relationship has been hit with lots of traumas, starting with Taylor. But he was also the glue that held us together. Um, we were not offered the same luxuries as some people have to bond their relationship because of time and intensity of taking care of a child like him. But a lot of the other things that caused our relationship to crumble and be rebuilt um, were just absolute ego and addict relationship responses that were incredibly earthbound and negative. And in both of us standing our ground and however we were going to not heal, it really took stepping into another situation with people who had the wisdom to speak through us and help us see through different lenses whether the relationship was worth fighting for, number one, and whether the relationship was worth salvaging and how we could mend it. Some of the ugliest aspects of me came through in our fights. I mean, to where we'd get done with a fight and I would just look in the mirror and go, who the hell are you, honestly? And I didn't like who I was becoming. And even now, if we, if we get entangled in a difficulty, it takes everything I can to put the reins on my ego and pull it back so that I don't um, 
say things I'll regret because I definitely can be an aggressive fighter and it's not a quality. Um, it is when I'm fighting for something important for someone I love or for a cause, but not when I'm fighting with someone I love. And if we can't heal that part with another person, the lenses that we're seeing ourselves through the mirror of what they're seeing, it's, if it's negative and you're only seeing the negative side and you are not reaching out to get it fixed, you got to get out because there comes a point where you're now living from your darkest self and that darkest self absolutely will take over because it's fighting for power. And unless you have a way to look at the other person and realize that you don't need that power, you need to find how to nurture it. And if there's hope, it will heal. And if there's not hope, you'll know when to get out by seeking the right help. And it's a really important thing. I tell a lot of my clients that when you stay in a dysfunctional relationship because you're attracted to that person physically, because they have some kind of energy that you found yourself just compulsively addicted to, or any number of other reasons that you're staying in a relationship to the point to where you you're losing yourself that you just, you have to choose to get out and you have to get divorced for your kids. So often people will say, well, we're together because we're staying together for our kids. Nothing is worse than a dysfunctional relationship staying together for the kids. Now we heard through our parents and our parents' parents and the church and all the religious leaders, la, 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 you need to stay together for your kids. It's absolute BS. What your kids learn from your dysfunctional behavior as a couple is how they're going to be couples. If you're abusive to your mate, your children will learn to be abusive to their mate or they will learn to be abused by their mate. Sometimes the best thing you do is look in the mirror and ask yourself if you want your children to feel like you feel in your relationship when they grow up or if they're even teenagers already because they will mirror what they learn the relationship is based on what you're reflecting through your relationship. So getting divorced for your kids is actually giving them the freedom and the peace of mind to learn what love is and not what it shouldn't be. And then you can create a healthy relationship separate from each other with your children, um, with each one of you separately. And it truly is a, a gift to walk away if you're not going to work on healing it and paying really close attention to how you're interrupt, you're interrupting the person or commanding the person, controlling the person, betraying the person, whatever the thing may be, you have to ask yourself, do I want my son to be married to a woman like that? Or do I want my daughter to be married to a man like that? And usually when I ask my clients that, they'll say, no, I don't. I don't want my son to be married to a woman like me. Or I don't want my daughter to be married to a man like my husband or my significant other. And if that's the case, then do whatever you can to fix it or get out. Uh, because the biggest thing in hanging on to a relationship and one without children or with children is that you block the manifestation of true love. 
You literally create a wall that does not allow you to attract the person into your life that is supposed to be there. When you've got someone in your life who you're not sure should be there, or you're dating someone who you really don't know if you want to be in that relationship, but you just keep doing it because it's better than being alone. Your energy around you is saying, I am not available. I'm not available. I belong to somebody else. And the person who could potentially be a soulmate for you could be right in your life on the peripheral edge of your life, but they can't enter it because your energy repels them because you're already quote taken. And if they are a really cool person with an amazing soul and you're in a really dysfunctional relationship and you haven't gotten your shit together yet, they'll be protected from you. So the very person that you love or that you want to love can be so close, but so far away because you've slammed the door by keeping another person in your life that shouldn't be there. And then you're literally shutting out the opportunity of creating an opening for your soulmate. So if you're absolutely ecstatically happy in your relationship, then that doesn't matter. But if you're not, and you're in a really bad complacent place, and not just because you want to give in and not work on the relationship, but you know that it's not going anywhere, then just think about it, this. The person who is waiting for you or who is the next soulmate that's supposed to be in your life could be a few hours away could be somebody you're going to bump into in the grocery store. It could be a friend who bumps into another friend who says, oh, I know somebody who would be great for you to go out with. That's being pushed away from you because you're choosing to stay into another relationship. And if you don't have what you want in that relationship, then you have to move out of it. This is a quote by Lowell Greenberg. Love is the unconditional support of someone's soul. It is the unshakable desire to see them become what they were meant to be, yet accepting of who they are now. It is not unmoving and remains when all else is gone, whether it is youth, health, mind, and even life. I love that quote because it's all about a soul tie with somebody and that true love doesn't go away as we age or if we're sick or we're not as mentally equipped as we used to be, or even if we die, that the love that we had for that person is still attached in a, in a beautiful and whole spiritual way. We can still meet new people and move on because we're supposed to, but the unconditional support of someone's soul and the unshakable desire to see them become who they're meant to be and yet accepting who they are now is one of the most important things we can do for someone we love and they can do for us because we're really here to grow as souls and to be the best person we can be. We also have a purpose. Everyone has a purpose, whether it seems small or it seems monumental. And if someone is standing on our soul path and building a brick wall so that we can't go down it, or they don't want to take a hold of our hand and walk down that path with us, then we need to make changes. Do I believe that we have a soulmate? 
Yes, I believe we all have multiple soulmates. And this is where I may differ from other people. I do believe a lot of the times we will attract people into our life who we've been with before. Since I believe in reincarnation. And I believe we have an opportunity to complete this life properly and do and undo the things that we have done and failed at doing in other lifetimes that we get a do-over. And this is the do-over with the goal of not having to come back here and do it over again, but to get it right this time. And people will pass in our life who have been with us before. And if it's a relationship that needs to be completed and over, then it will pass through our life in a really strong way and then we'll go through a process of having that relationship and that will and then it will end that could be a soulmate someone who has been soul tied to us in other lifetimes and we need to complete a process we can also have a soulmate who we have a genuine love and respect and honor for but yet it's just supposed to be for a short period of time to pick up tools and wisdom and other forms of understanding love in order to give it to the next soulmate who might come along our path. We're not supposed to be soulmate shopping. We're supposed to be empowering ourselves with a true balanced understanding of our own soul path and our own ability to love and give love. And then the universe, the divine plan, and the divine ones on the other side will do what I call divine networking, which is bring that person in our life when we are ready. But it has to be when we are ready because we've achieved a deep accomplishment and we have finally grown to a point where we are ready to attract the next level of our consciousness. We always attract people where we are. So that's another question you want to ask yourself is, do I want to attract someone where I am right now in my life? If we're empty and we're addicted and we're broken, the only person we're going to attract into our life is the same kind of person. So the best thing to do is to fix ourselves in the best possible way so that we can attract someone of like mind and like consciousness which is being orchestrated on a divine plane, not preordained or predetermined, predesigned, which is different. In other words, we created this life with a design. We created a map and all the divine power and the divine beings on the other side who are our guardians and the guardians of our mates and our children and everybody we know we made a we made a design that this is the life we would want to live and these are the things we want to accomplish and i'm going to do a whole podcast on the school of life another time but it's like we came to school to finish what we didn't finish because we dropped out the last time and the people who are meant to come into our life are actually created as part of that design but the whole thing gets blown apart if we don't stay on our soul path and pre-designed um, soul path relationships come when everybody's living the highest most positive soul design if we're screwing off and we're doing drugs and um, alcohol and we're having too many sexual relationships or we have multiple addictions and we have um we and we're selfish or materialistic or whatever the case is we're coming from our lower consciousness we're not going to draw the right person to us because we can't 
because we're in a lower place and the person who's supposed to be there is even being protected from being in our life. And so that soulmate is running a parallel path waiting. They don't know they're waiting because this is all happening in an unconscious state of awareness before we're born. If we wait too long, eventually they're gone and somebody else ends up having them in their life. This is an excellent quote. It's super long. It's by Tom Robbins, but I want you to listen to it because this is pretty much what happens to those of us who do relationship bouncing where we want the fireworks. We want to meet somebody, have all the butterflies and the heart flutters, which by the way, we should still be able to give somebody we love, but it isn't constant. And our heart isn't beating out of our chest, holding our breath for the next time we're going to see each other and the fireworks are going off. Um, but if that's all we're looking for and someone isn't able to fulfill these basic needs of relationship addiction versus soul love, and we're shopping to fill the emptiness in ourselves, we're going to constantly be hopping from one relationship to the next, or you be, you can get into a betrayal pattern where you don't even look at your own mate as someone who you care to fulfill your soul path with. You're just having multiple affairs and doing things that can crush your mate, your family and everything else, because there's a selfish need to fill the hole in your own soul. And you don't take time to see that, Oh, you know what? This is my responsibility to take care of that part. And it's just part of, of why we come here is to fix the broken parts of us so that we become whole. We bring that wholeness into the world, to the people we love, and then into our mission. So here's the quote. When we are incomplete, we are always searching for somebody to complete us. When after a few years or a few months of that relationship, we find that we're still unfulfilled. We blame our partners and take up with somebody who seems more promising. This can go on and on. Series polygamy until we admit that while a partner can add sweet dimensions to our lives, we, each of us, are responsible for our own fulfillment. Nobody else can provide it for us, and to believe otherwise is to delude ourselves dangerously and to program for eventual failure in every relationship we enter. And that's a really important thing. When I'm counseling people who are alone, they just cannot figure out why their relationships keep ending. Why do they keep ending? I'm with someone for so long, then it's over. I'm with someone so long, and then it's over. If you're looking for somebody to fill your emptiness and they aren't giving you what you need, then you will find a way to blame them for ending the relationship or else your energy will push them away and that will end the relationship. Or you'll just be alone and you can't attract somebody because karmically you have gone about your relationships by hurting other people. And as soon as they didn't fill your needs, whether they were physical or mental or material, you just got rid of them to try to find somebody else. Fireworks went off. Butterflies started to flutter. Oh, this is the one. They're going to make sure that this works for me. And in reality, what ends up happening 
that you just hurt another person and you don't find anything that worked for you because you were searching for something that you had to fix yourself. And that was hugely a part of my, my mistake is knowing that there were parts of me that I looked for someone outside of me to fill that I couldn't fill until I fulfilled my relationship on this planet with myself and the divine ones and the powers that be that are beyond human relationship. And then I could understand what it is to have a whole loving soulmate and have that in my life. But the important thing is to know that I am going to state unequivocally, you do not need to have a person in your life to be whole. Some of the greatest leaders in the world, spiritual and otherwise, have needed to be single so that they could singly focus on what their mission was. They had companionship and they could be surrounded by people, but a personal relationship was not in the stars because it would have taken away from the, the, the very thing they came here to do. It's the same thing with people not having children. Culturally, the intense pressure for an individual to have a child or for couples to have children is so intense that if you don't, then you must be doing something wrong. Well, some people aren't meant to have kids because they have mothering and fathering and parental nurturing they need to do with the world at large and they don't have time in their soul path for kids. So that's just the way it is. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them and that they're being selfish. Now, some people might just want to be selfish and not have kids because they want to own their mate and they want to have their mate be the only thing that's taking care of them and they don't want their mate you know, distracted by children. That happens a lot, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who are truly whole and their empowered love is knowing that the love that they are meant to give to themselves and to the world doesn't require having someone else in it on an intimate level. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. There's a quote by Anthony Robbins, another good one. Some of the biggest challenges in relationships come from the fact that most people enter a relationship in order to get something. They're trying to find someone who's going to make them feel good. In reality, the only way a relationship will last is if you see your relationship as a place that you go to give and not a place that you go to take. And that's a very important thing to understand that if we're standing in this void and we just want something, really what we're asking for is for someone to fill a part of us that we aren't willing to fill ourselves. And that's when we need to get into our spiritual study. We need to connect with something beyond our human self. We need to understand more about the divine wisdom that is available to us and the divine source of information that will guide us somewhere. And to know that that power is truly empowered love and that power will manifest companionship when you are ready and when you are ready is when you have completed the tasks of knowing that you are whole without another person this is by stephen covey again the most important ingredient we put into any relationship is not what we say or what we do but what we are 
That's a very important thing. It's just a super important thing. It's to know that we are not there to just get something and that we must bring the highest us into that relationship. By that, I mean the best us. And if we go into our control dramas and our ego and there's jealousy and envy and greed and betrayals and all of those things, we are dropping our consciousness deeper and deeper and deeper into an earthbound place that we can't get out of. And then we will die there and come back and do this over again. I, for one, want to complete this life and graduate from this school of life so that when I'm on the other side, my next choices don't have to suffer the same kind of pain. Relationships will drag us off of our path faster than anything. And to be an empowered love means to be in control of your own desire to give the best you to someone else as long as they are reciprocating and you're not losing your focus on your soul path, your soul growth, and where you're meant to go. Because the universe is going to deliver your next soulmate to you wherever you are, when you are ready. This is a quote by a, a man named Russ Von Holscher. Don't rush into any kind of relationship. Work on yourself, feel yourself, experience yourself, and love yourself. Do this first and you'll soon attract that special loving other. And I believe that. I believe that as soon as you absolutely connect with yourself on all the levels that you're meant to and you find the best you emerging and you actually get past your own just survival mechanism and say, gosh, you know, I'm feeling really inspired. What can I do for the world? What can I share? What tools are in my toolbox? I've suffered, I've suffered, I've suffered, but I've grown, grown through the suffering. And I am now in a place of being able to share me, the whole me. And I want to do it in whatever way the universe, the creator, God, whatever you want to call it, that works through all the divine ones, Jesus, Mary, Michael, Buddha, all the angel realms and whatever else you want to believe in, which is your soul path, guides you to understand you are a divine being in a physical body on a spiritual journey. And that includes the opportunity to be able to share a fully physically inspired relationship with someone. And it doesn't have to be what society says is love. I am absolutely a believer that everybody has the right to love whoever, however they want to, as long as it isn't anything that has to do with children in an unhealthy way. So if a man loves a man, so be it. If a woman loves a woman, so be it. And that's going through any type of, of relational, personal love, however a person defines it. It's nobody's business to say whether it's right or it's wrong. We don't know what that person's soul path is. We don't know why their choices are what they are. And heterosexual relationships are no better than any other kind of relationships. It's each one of us as individuals bringing the best us into whatever relationship we choose that is our love relationship. And whether that offends somebody or not, I don't care because that's my belief. And I've got multiple reasons spiritually to believe that that's the way it's supposed to be. 
And if you're judging someone in same-sex relationships, you really need to go deep inside of yourself and figure out why. Because it really doesn't make any difference whatsoever what the sex of the person is that you're loving. It's whether you're loving and bringing the best you into it and making sure that you're honest about your sexuality and your desires and mostly your soul. And the reason that you're moving into a relationship is to become a better person and to share the best you that you've been with. But you start desiring somebody because you're empty and you're lonely, you're going to attract somebody who's empty and lonely. And those relationships almost always end up in disaster. So you want to make sure that when you are ready to call to the divine creator and all of those that work divine energy into manifestation in your world to call a relationship into your life when you're whole. And you can just write out a really simple affirmation or a simple request, a simple prayer, asking to be guided to the right person at the right time for the highest good of all. And then thank you whatever you want to call it, God, the creator, whatever, and, and asking for the right person to manifest and to guide you to do the things you need to do so that the timing is right for that to happen. This is my favorite author, which is unknown. The focus should be to find out who you really are and not look for love to fill a void. When you are filled with a divine understanding of your self-worth, you can share more purely and authentically. If something is meant to be, it will happen in the right time, with the right person, and for the best reasons. Fall in love when you're ready, not when you're lonely. I love, 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 love that quote. If you remember nothing but the last line, fall in love when you're ready, not when you're lonely. That's the most important thing you can take away from that. When you're ready means you feel whole and you want to share who you are with someone else. You want to have companionship because you just want to share. You want to share thoughts and feelings and ideas and goals and your philosophies and their philosophies. But when you're ready, because if you just crave relationship because you're lonely and you're empty, the return on that is a magnetic mirror of what you are. And that's not what you want. If you're not ready, believe me, great Garth Brooks quote, sometimes God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. I used to say this at key when I would do the mastering relationship seminars, I can't count how many times I fell to my knees and begged God to make a particular relationship work for me. From the time I was a little girl and had my first crush and a teenager and then a 20 something and then a 30 something and then a 40 something. And honest to God, if any one of those relationships that I was thinking I absolutely wanted and I was begging God, please make this work, please. And the God I believe in said, yeah, no, nope, nope. You don't get to have that relationship work because that unanswered prayer is a blessing. If it would have been answered the way I thought it should go, it would have been a disaster. 
And that's why we can turn it over and surrender it. The whole idea of having a mate, knowing that everything happens at the divine right time with a divine right timetable with a divine right person. If, and this is a giant IF, we are doing our own inner work. We are learning who we are, what our physical capacities are beyond just being a human, but a spiritual person. We're learning the tools, the wisdom, because that's the kind of person we want in our lives. Someone who sees all of that and embraces all of that and honors all of that. And then what wonderful conversations you can have and what wonderful dreams you can create together. Another quote by my favorite author, Unknown. The best relationship is one which your love for each other exceeds your need for each other. It's the same concept, not attracting someone out of need, but attracting someone out of love, empowered love. It is really important to understand that because it's one of the most critical parts of seeing that the one that you are asking to be brought into your life is coming so that you can share the love that you already have and not the need that you have. Another author unknown, my favorite, soulmates are people who bring out the best in you. They're not perfect, but are always perfect for you. That means that whoever is drawn into our life at whatever time, we are still on a journey together. They don't have to be perfect but they have to be flawless when it comes to particular issues. It's really good to take out a piece of paper and write down the qualities you want in a person. What do I want in my life? I mean, literally write a dream list and define what would look like a soulmate to you, the qualities of the person, and make sure that you write down the spiritual qualities of that person. Not just, I want them to be so tall and I want them to be shaped like this. And I want them to have hair like that and eye colors like this. And I want them to make a bunch of money and blah, blah, blah. Start with the spiritual aspects. Um, if you are a religious person and you want them to be your same religion, then you can add that in there. But it's good to always say this or something better, meaning maybe you're going to attract someone who can open your mind up more and break you away from being too locked down from a religious place, but open you up more as a soul. So they don't have to be completed, but they have to be healthy and open so that they can come into your life and you can grow together and share together and become together. This is by Shirley MacLaine. And I love this because it's old and awesome. She kind of hit this spiritual stride, I believe in the early eighties in Hollywood when everybody was going, wow, she's crazy. But then people were kind of interested in what she was into. And she did a lot of, of, um, alternative spiritual study and shared it and wrote a book and everything. But this quote is really amazing. We don't need anyone to rectify our existence. The most profound relationship we will ever have is the one with ourselves. And it's true, even though we will share a balanced, loving relationship with a partner, 
if we want one and it's meant to be our most profound relationship is the one with ourselves and we don't need to find somebody else to make that happen. If we want somebody else, we can ask for it to happen. But the truth is until we rectify this balance within ourselves to be whole, empowered love with ourselves, then we can't really bring another person in our life out of wholeness. And that's the only way that it's going to work is to bring that person out of wholeness. And again, it doesn't mean they have to be perfect, but they have to be in a place where they are open and they're bringing positive energy to you and not neediness. And the last quote, which is by Gandhi, spiritual relationship is far more precious than physical physical relationship divorced from spiritual is body without soul. So a physical relationship divorced from spiritual is a body without a soul. And what he's saying is that our spiritual relationship, not just with ourselves, but with another person is more precious than our physical relationship with them. And it doesn't mean that the physical isn't important but it's not as important because the spiritual relationship is the foundation of everything that will exist through eternity, not just this lifetime, because the bond is deeper and more important and more magical. And when he says that it's like a body without a soul, if it's just founded on a physical relationship, so it's two bodies that come together and for X period of time, it seems like it's great. And then all of a sudden it gets boring or any complacent because it's, it's bond. The bond is an earthly bond, a material bond, a human bond, a physical bond. Spiritual bonds last through really tumultuous times and spiritual bonds will guide you to a spiritual awakening with or without a mate because the spiritual bond is about you coming into oneness with your empowered love connected to the universal love of divine wisdom, divine love, divine law. And pretty soon you fill yourself up with the knowledge that you're connected already with an incredibly, um, limitless, infinite power of love that is manifested in a realm that is hard to understand, filling us all the time and creating a vibrant magnetic glow so that if we do want someone in our world, that we will attract them into our world out of wholeness. Then empowered love creates an empowered soulmate attraction and then you can have a relationship that will mean something then and only then. Other than that, relationships are just a boatload of work and a bunch of drama. So for Valentine's Day this year, ask to feel empowered in love. If you have someone in your life, then take the risk and the step if there's someone who's open-minded and tell them you want to take a journey to understand how to bond in a more spiritual, deep way that will put you both on a path of growth together. 
pick out books to read together, pick out different things that will be interesting, that will help you ignite conversations of all different kinds. And if empowered love is a statement that helps you fill the void while you're in a destructive relationship, then let that be the light that fills the hole in your soul that you have filled with somebody who should be out of your life, just out of your life. And let that light shine deep into the heavens and empower you to know that you will be whole and secure and provided for and grow on your own. So that if it's meant to be, as you become the self you are supposed to be, you will then attract someone else out of wholeness and not out of need. It is my hope that what you understand is I don't believe that people need to be lonely. And I don't believe that we need to go without a mate. But I don't believe that we need one either. I think we can have one if we're meant to. But only if they help bring out the best us that's within us that is part of our destiny. And we bring out the best them that is within them that is part of their destiny. And Valentine's Day should honor all of the things that your soul is trying to guide you to express as love. And if it's human personal love that you desire, then give thanks that it is manifesting for the highest good of your life and the highest good of all and settle for nothing less than someone who will treat you as you wish to be treated and deserve to be treated with a light that shines on your path to your destiny, alone and together, if it is meant to be. Thank you, and happy Valentine's Day.